Hello, friends. Today, we are chatting with Gia Fracolosi. Gia is the host of her own podcast, Ambivalent Bitches, and we have developed this internet friendship, and so we decided to do a pod swap, and we are really excited to chat with you today. What's your vibe? Like, give us a little intro on oh what's gosh. your vibe, what's your sun sign? Like, I want to know. Okay, so... I am a horrible person because I will ask everyone on earth, like, what's your vibe? Someone turns around and asks it to me. I'm like, why, why <laughs> girl? Like, I can't, I don't know. That's the thing about me is my vibe is ever changing. And I think that is what makes me, me is that I am so adaptable and like almost like a chameleon of sorts. And I talked about this <laughs> on my podcast is when I'm in front of this ring light and the camera's on the mics in my face. I'm a different human being and I don't know if it has to do, I have a, like a, a Gemini Venus and don't ask me what that is because I don't know what it means, but I know that Gemini's have this very strong duality and I feel that, but I am actually a cancer sun, Scorpio moon. I know tragic, like I'm fucked up to my core. <laughs> like the stars really set me up to just not be a very, I don't know, like emotionally stable human being. And then my rising is actually Capricorn, which I do believe makes me a superstar. Like I'm destined for stardom. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Um, what else? Um, I'm 24. I am married. I got married when I was, oh my gosh, I got married when I was 21. Crazy. Like before, wait, no. Yeah. I was 21 because they gave a champagne at the restaurant. So I had to have been, <laughs> I'm like, was I 20 or was I 21? No, I was definitely 21. <laughs> Um, I live in a very small rural town in Pennsylvania. I like, I don't know. I have no friends to be completely frank with y'all. Like I, I'm very much like a loner and that's kind of how the podcast, uh, was born. I was so lost, like deeply, deeply lost in life after dropping out of grad school. I was going to grad school at NYU virtually, and I was in their masters for mental health counseling. And so funny, like, you know, everyone who goes to school to be a therapist, we are mentally ill. There is mm -hmm. no if, ands, or buts with that. It's a fact. Um, and I was in the program for about six months and a lot of things took place that kind of turned me off to continuing along that path. Um, there was just so much resistance for me. And I was like, I don't think, I don't think life is supposed to be this hard. Like I know that there are supposed to be things that you need to overcome and you need to push through, but it was becoming unbearable. I was in probably the most depressed, depressed point in my life. It was almost like I was back in 2020 again. And that was a really dark time. And I was like, no, 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 we can't, <laughs> we can't go back there. So I dropped out and kind of in the midst of all of that chaos and defeat and just feeling like a failure. Honestly, I was like, let me, let me talk about this to the world. <laughs> like no talking to a therapist. I was like, let's go straight to the internet as a true Gen Zer. I was like, let me order the first microphone that pops up on Google. It came to me in like two days. And I'm not kidding. The podcast just all happened very, very fast. There was not much there wasn't much thought in the creation of it, but there was so much heart. And I think that is not, I wouldn't say it like separates me from other podcasters, but maybe, maybe it does. I know a lot of people like plan out, um, the, the launch of their podcast and they make it this whole big ordeal. That was not what it was like for me. Like I have no social following and I just was like, I need to get things off my chest. And for me, I'd love speaking. If you, 
can tell. I mean, we just recorded my episode. I can't stop talking. Um, and that was honestly just like a form of therapy for me was talking to my microphone and getting things off my chest that I never really vocalized to anyone else. I'm very much the kind of person who, um, hides all of their problems and acts like everything's okay until I, I can't do that anymore. So the podcast for me has been such a beautiful challenge because I I'm actually not as open with like those I love about the things I struggle with. So the podcast has given me such a beautiful opportunity to practice being more open. And it's, it's truly changed my life and I will forever be indebted to my community for like, just giving me the space to do this shit because it's, it's not something I ever thought that I could, I never thought I could get here in terms of being like vulnerable. I think a lot of people think because I do it that I've been doing it forever, (laughs) but it's still the opposite. Like I've always been, um, like someone who has hidden how they truly felt. Um, so yeah, that's a bit about me. I'm sorry. I talk so fucking much. (laughs) I think that was great. I feel like there were so many amazing points in that in that intro right there that I want to already talk about. So I think first thing, I think when you tell people you start a podcast, a lot of people think you're like self-centered and you think you know everything. Like I see all this, these TikToks that are like, <laughs> how much do you have to think that you are like the best fucking person ever to start your own podcast? Like you think your opinion is that awesome that it needs to be put on the internet. But from what you say and from what I feel, I'm like, actually, I think it's the exact opposite. Like I feel so confused and so lost and alone sometimes that I think having a podcast is only to share that I feel that way and to help people know that it's okay to feel that way and that other people feel that way. And not in any way am I like, I, my opinion is great. Everyone should follow me. Like, I don't feel that way. And so I think it's funny that there's that weird stigma on that, but also on being a loner and having no friends, I very highly relate to that. Not that I, I like have friends, but I struggle feeling connected, truly connected to people. I will go to like a party or an event and I just don't feel like I am there. I don't feel like I'm having a good time or able to be present. I used to feel that way. And it's something that I've lost. And even now, like with my boyfriend talking about, um, a a wedding. I'm like, I have like 10 people to invite. So what are we going to do? He wants a big ass (laughs) wedding. I'm like, who are we going to invite? And so I would love to hear how you navigate, like being a loner and not having friends. Do you, is that something that you want to change or is it something that you are like, you know, I have my core people and I'm, I'm good with those people. Yeah. This is a really interesting question because it's (laughs) something that I have actually been kind of going over with myself recently. I mean, we're entering a new year and I'm trying to figure out like what I want for myself. And I do feel like I am lacking, um, in the friend department, clearly, like I, I truly do not have any, at least female friends. And it's not to say that I haven't in the past because I certainly have, but you know, a lot of things change when you enter your twenties. And a lot of that has to do with like losing people or intentionally cutting people out of your life for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, for the past two years, I've really been just like going it alone. And it's something that I do kind of feel the weight of sometimes because I can only go to my husband for so much. I can only put so much on him or like my mom. And, um, I would love to have some friends. And I think that's something I'm really going to be working on moving forward. And I actually have been, and it's, 
it's funny. Like my podcast has given me such, uh, an opportunity that would not have been present in my real life, um, to make friends. And I know it might sound crazy. And to some people it's like, no, you can't make friends over the internet, but I'm not even kidding. Some people that I've connected with, I feel so close to them and so seen, especially just doing the same thing, like being podcasters or just content creators. Um, spoiler alert, I'm actually going to be heading to Nashville to meet some fellow podcasters that I've connected with in person in the new year. And I just like, I feel like that's what I'm being called to do right now at this point in my life is to form those friendships. I think I've just grown so much from, you know, when I was like in high school or even when I was an undergrad, um, I wasn't really good at sustaining relationships. I'll be the first to admit that. Um, I'm sure there are people who would say I wasn't a good friend. And to that, I have to say, like, I completely agree. I definitely have areas that I needed to work on back then. And since that time, I think I've grown so much and I'm ready to be a good friend. And I, I hope to have that energy reciprocated back to me because I was in bad friendships as well. I wasn't like the villain. <laughs> I think in a lot of relationships, you can play both parts of being a victim and you can also be the villain too. Um, I don't think it's ever really just one or the other, but yeah, I, I do like, I feel like I'm lacking in that way. And sometimes I'm like, fuck this sucks. Like I don't have someone to run to. I don't have some other than like, but like I said, I can't put everything on my husband. Like there are some scenarios that you go through in life. It's like, I need a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Right. And I like, I feel that super strongly. And I have for the past few months and I'm like, we gotta, we gotta get to work on this bitch. Like (laughs) we need some friends. So what, I mean, you mentioned the podcast, what are other things you're doing? We've like talked about this with some of our other guests and we've been on other podcasts where we've talked about this. Like how the fuck do you make friends in your twenties when up until now you are literally handed friends on a silver platter and you just have to like take your pick and like not be a terrible person. And like, you'll probably make some friends in college. But now that you're like, I'm married, I live in my own home. I'm not, I don't have roommates. I'm not going to classes all the time. Like, how are you hoping to make friends? And also what things are you doing like personally to grow into being a better friend? Oh, yes. Okay. This is, this is a loaded question, but like, I'm, I'm ready to answer. I'm ready to field it. Um, so in terms of like, how am I going to make friends? I do think what has held me back in the past with making friends is that I was very unconfident in myself as a person, right? I was very, very insecure. And I would project that onto other people by not wanting, like purposely not wanting to engage with them. Like, I would be like, I can't get close to you because then you're going to see my flaws. And now that I've been doing this podcasting thing and just really opening up and getting to know myself and letting people into the real me, I feel like I'm ready to get really deep with someone. And I think with that, I'm more open to just anyone who comes my way like giving them the opportunity to be my friend. Where in the past like I I was not I was not wanting to say yes to talking to someone or like doing anything. Like I would just say no to everything, whether it was in real life or online. Like someone would send me like a follow request on my page and I'd be like, Mm-mm, "I'm not even giving you the chance to see my life because I was so deeply insecure with myself and I just was not at a place where I felt like I I could let people in. Um, and I, I'm just like ready. I feel like I've grown so much in the past. Oh my gosh. Like 
it's going to be three years since I've graduated undergrad now in, in May of 2023. So like, I just feel like I'm an, I'm an entirely different person and I'm ready to show up as myself now, um, in a friendship. And I think actively what I have to do to keep kind of upholding the values that I would want someone to have. That was my friend is I just have, I I've had, it's hard for me to talk about. I'm going to get emotional. It was like, I have to be so honest with myself. And for such a long time in my life, like being honest with myself, like it did not come easily. Like I wanted to lie to myself and say that I was nice and that I was a good person or a good friend or a good daughter. Um, because like, I was always put into this box of like, Oh, Gia is the perfect kid. Gia is the perfect student. So I never really like reckoned with the fact that no, like I am flawed in many ways. So the past couple of years, I've been coming to terms with the fact that there's a lot of shit I have to face within myself. And it's not pretty. Like there are moments I look in the mirror still and I'm like, bitch, you have a lot to work on. Like you're not there yet. So I think every single day I just have to show up with the intention of wanting to be better for myself, of course, right? Like we all want to be better people and feel good within ourselves, but truly for others, because I feel like I have not always been good to others. And I I will be the first to admit that like I've had to deal with internalized misogyny. Like I, I never realized, like I thought I was a feminist. Oh, it turns out you're not. Like you can't call yourself a feminist and then be silently judging girls for doing in being themselves. And that's something that like, I've, I've really been working on. And I still find moments where like, I am judging and I am not being the woman that I want to be and the kind of woman that I want someone to be to me in a friendship. So it's just about being very, very fucking and brutally honest with myself. And it's not, it's not very fun all the time, but I think the more that I just confront the truth I can actually address it and do something about it. I think that was a very beautiful, very beautiful answer. That was so honest. And just the way that you are able to be so self-aware, I think a lot of people lack. Like, I don't think, (laughs) if you ask me that question, I'm also a loner and I wouldn't have that kind of answer for you. (laughs) That was incredible. I wonder how do you, get there? Like, do you journal a lot? Are you doing a lot of reflection? How do you make these connections to realize like, you know what, I'm insecure and I project that on people and I don't push them away because I'm too so scared. They're going to find out who I am. Like, how do you, are you in therapy? Like, how do you know that? It's funny because I was telling you guys in, in my podcast episode, how I just got like a journal and a planner and stuff like that. I actually don't regularly journal. In fact, I have really never journaled. Um, I also am not currently in therapy, um, but I was in school to be a therapist. And I think I learned a lot during that time. And I've added a lot of the things I learned to my kind of personal arsenal to, you know, be a better person. And I also think that I was just kind of born this way. I've always been very much so in my own head, in my own world, and just constantly not thinking about myself, but always wanting to know who is Gia through the eyes of other people. And there are, there are good things and bad things about having that kind of perspective on life. 
but I do think that there is more good than bad because it does allow me to constantly be, um, not revising myself, but definitely just having that heightened sense of awareness about who I am in this world and what part I want to play in my life and others' lives and in the greater picture of just like existing at this point in time. Um, yeah, I, I don't do anything specific and I, I wish I could give more like insight to how somebody could maybe not become more like me. Like <laughs> you do not want to be me, but like to really heighten your self-awareness because it is such a beautiful thing to be able to do. Um, but for me, it, it's very, very intuitive, almost to the fact where I wish I could turn it off because I am constantly thinking, um, like, how am I showing up for others and how, how does that feel to them to have me like be a part of their life? Um, and in no way, shape or form, do I think that like, I hold a lot of space in other people's minds or hearts or whatever, but I do know that I am a character in a lot of people's stories, right? As we all are. Mm -hmm. So it's really important for me to constantly be thinking about who I am in there and how I can, I don't know, I guess be the best for others. I, I fail quite often at being and showing up as my best self for others, but I'm actively trying every day to be a little nicer, be a little more compassionate, offer more grace, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's a balance. I feel like I'm constantly on that, that balance beam of wanting to be better, but then also just wanting to be present. One thing that I really love that you just said, and I plus one to Autumn's point, like that was such a beautiful, honest answer. Thank you for sharing that. Um, was something that I think is so applicable to all women everywhere. I would say like just how we are raised and that is that a lot of times when you are like recognizing that your criticism of other women is coming from a place of insecurity. And it, once you begin to recognize that you also release yourself from the judgment of other, from other women, because you recognize that it's coming from insecurity for them. And so you both, it's like this double edged sword. And I'm like currently on this journey. I cannot say that I am an expert at this by any means, but I've started to notice these patterns of like my judging that human for just living their life, doing whatever they're doing is my own freaking insecurity that I am projecting on them so hard. And if other people are doing that for me, and if I'm basing my life in a way that I'm like, oh my God, I have to make sure they're not thinking that I look stupid doing this thing, that's also coming from their own insecurity. And so it like invalidates those feelings. And I think that that is one of just something that you grow into as a woman, I'm guessing, but it's like such a huge lesson. How did you come to notice that? And how has that thought or change in your thought pattern, like changed your life? Oh, it's completely altered <laughs> the way that I, I move throughout the world. And especially like being, having this community that is very much so like just my demographic is entirely women. Um, I think I definitely am now holding myself to a higher standard of being an actual feminist, because I think <laughs> there's this performative feminism that we all kind of fall into, especially it's, it's a white woman thing. Okay. We're so fucking judgy. We're so just like, 
I don't know. And it's something that I still struggle with and I, I get very insecure and I will do certain things and, I, and I'll think about it. And I'm like, fuck, like that's not, that's not Gia now. That was Gia back in like high school or undergrad. Like we need to show up and be better. So it's definitely not something I've mastered in any way, shape or form. But like I said, I think it all comes back to just being brutally, brutally honest with myself. And I think sometimes I'll be I'll be very straightforward here that being brutally honest with yourself can, can lend you down a path of not liking yourself. Right. Especially if you're, you're doing things that like, you know, you know, are not making others feel good or even yourself feel good. It then just, you've, you become overwhelmed with this sense of like, oh shit, I think I might be a bad person, or I think I might be the problem. I think I might've hurt someone. Um, which is something I ruminate on all the time is like wondering, Um, am I the villain in someone else's story? (laughs) And I probably am. And I think that's something that all of us have to come to terms with, but just because you were, you were a villain at one point does not mean you have to be a villain forever. Just because you were a misogynist for, you know, a point in your life when you didn't know better, doesn't mean you have to stay that way forever. Um, I think just allowing yourself, giving yourself room to fuck up and be a shitty person is the only way that you can then come out of it, learn from it and be that better person. Nobody's just born an amazing person. Like Mm -hmm. it's just not fathomable to think that any of us grow up and just never do anything wrong. And we never hurt anyone. And we never like, I don't know, just sin. Like I'm not a, a, a religious person, but like, it's a sin. Like it's a sin to just constantly just, be showing up as a person that you know is is not good, whether it's for yourself, mm-hmm. you're not being a good person to yourself, you're not being a good person to others, the greater good. Um, we all kind of have to just come to terms with that and just be, like I said, so, so honest. Um, when I think Tink said it where she was like, if you like, if you hate your old self, that means you're growing. And like, that's a good thing. And I think that's one of the things that's hard to grapple with and like the balance you need to find with kind of hating on yourself for your past is recognizing that your ability to identify and hate on yourself a little bit is like growth and means that you are not that person and you don't have that same mindset and those same thoughts that you did before. And so like also being proud and holding space for forgiveness in that journey is so important. Um, And this is I just think this is such a beautiful like woman conversation that every girl needs to have. So thank you for sharing. I do want to pivot a little bit because I, you talked about how you were married at 21 and that is so fascinating. Um, Like Otto and I've talked about long-term relationships. We're both in long-term relationships. And I think it's just interesting. And we feel a lot of pressure on both sides of the equation of like get married or like also be single and be crazy and so I can't imagine the the pressures and all of the things that you feel. Can you talk a little bit about like, why did you get married at 21? Like, how did that work? And then like, we can, I have a million follow-up questions. <laughs> no, of course. And I, I do hear this a lot. It's a lot of, um, wow, like you got married so young, like it must've been like a fairy tale or like it just worked out perfectly. And it, it couldn't be any further away from the truth. I mean, my husband and I, we are, we are best friends. Like we have a connection that I have honest to goodness, never felt with anyone else. Um, and I always knew that when like we were first together, I was like, this is a forever type of thing. 
Um, whether it is just going to be like platonic or if it is romantic, we get married, we do the whole like family thing. I just knew one way or another, we were going to be in each other's lives for the long haul. And that's like when we were high school sweethearts, I fucking hate that term, but yeah, we, we started dating in high school. Um, and then just our lives really, really sped up because of just circumstances that just, you know, happened and we got really close. Like we started living with each other when we were just like freshly adults, like straight out the gate, we moved in with each other. Like the whole time that I was in undergrad, I was already living with him because of just the way that the cards dealt, um, with like familial stuff and just a lot of personal shit. We, we really had to be there for each other. Um, some might say it's a bit of a trauma bond and like facts, facts, bro, like trauma will do some (laughs) shit to you. But I think the way that we were able to grow from a lot of the bad stuff that we went through together, not even within our relationships, but outside of our relationships that we then had to, to heal alongside of each other. Um, I think just he and I got to a point where it was like, we know that one way or another, we're going to be in each other's lives. So like, let's just make it permanent. And that's kind of how it happened. Like there was just no way in hell we were not going to be in one another's lives. Like that's really, I feel like what happened. And that's why it was so easy for him to get down on one knee and for me to say, yes, like there was no fucking question. Um, he is my best friend. He is who I run to for everything. And I think that's when, you know, like there are no secrets between us. We are so to the point where it's probably not good. We are so honest with each other and so real. And like, I have always needed a person in my life who was going to be for real with me because I was raised as, oh, G is the perfect kid. G is the perfect girl. She's wonderful. She's a straight A student. She does everything right. And when he came into my life, he really helped me see that that maybe wasn't the truth. And in such a beautiful and kind way, he has made me a better person. And I hope that I have too. And it's just crazy the way that we've grown together through everything. Like I think back to when I was fucking 15 and he was like 17, like, it's just insane. The evolution that's taken place. And even just the past like year, that's why I know that we are supposed to be together because there's no way that you go through all this shit and then you stay together because there are, there were moments where we, we should have theoretically given up, but for some reason we were always so pulled back to each other and okay. Maybe the critics will say it was the trauma. (laughs) I will not say, (laughs) I will not say that maybe that wasn't an option, but there was something so much more than just like that. There, like, when your soul is truly tied with another human being, like you can't, you can't ignore it. So yeah, I just feel like I, I got really, really lucky. Um, and there's really no one else I'd want to do life with. I I always say to him, I'm like, if things didn't work out, like I'm done, like I'm not searching for another partner because like, I know that what I had, what I had with you and what I do have with you is incomparable to anything else that might like I I have never been really interested in exploring anything else (laughs) I think that's like so important in a good relationship or a strong relationship is 
being able to have hard conversations, I think, and being honest. And sometimes that means like telling them things that maybe they're not ready to hear about themselves and it can be really hurtful. I think for me, a good, my relationship has been like, he is in a way like a therapist to me, like a relationship highlights things that highlights all your trauma. You go for people who are going to remind you of whatever parental trauma you have and they show a mirror to you and it pisses you off. And it like, it's really hard to accept. And so I feel in the same way I've had to realize hard truths about myself in my relationship and same for him. And it's not like, not like, um, in a mean way or a bad way, but it's like, oh shit, like I do hurt people in this way. And I don't accept this part about myself. And this is something I need to work on, but having a space with someone who's able to like hold your hand, I guess, through that healing is really what's important. I do ever feel like something Jordan and I struggle with is this pressure to be like young and fun and carefree and like those connotations correlate with single to me sometimes. But and so sometimes I sometimes I feel too like stable and married and 45 years old, but I'm only 24. Like, do you struggle with that? There was a point where I did. I think we both did. And I think that was probably the hardest uh part of our relationship so far. Um, because we've been with each other for so long. So obviously <laughs> things can get a little stale if you allow it to. And I think we have both given each other room to make mistakes, room to explore, and room to come back to each other. I think that is one of the bravest and hardest things that you can do in a relationship is, is kind of allow shit to take place and not really like have a firm grasp on it, right? Like there were moments where we did kind of not fizzle out, but kind of, we were like, is this going to work? Is it, is this forever? Um, but we just gave ourselves that time to be like, okay, well, whatever happens, happens. We never formally broke up, but like there are periods in a relationship, in a marriage, in a friendship, whatever, where like, you're not like having the best time with each other. <laughs> like, I'm going to be so for real with you. Like there are times in our marriage where like, he probably wants to kill me. I want to kill him. Like it's, it's how it is. And I think a lot of people don't want to talk about that for some reason, because it, it maybe is an indicator to some people like, oh, well, there's probably something wrong with your relationship if it's not always perfect, but life isn't perfect. There are moments and periods, even long periods of time where it's like, maybe we're not vibing, right? Like it's, Sometimes I might be going through like a depressive episode and he's like having the most success in his career. And I'm on the opposite end of that. Like that's something we went through and it was really, really hard to navigate that. But we just really gave ourselves the space as individuals to figure that out. What the biggest thing about a relationship is not conjoining yourself as one. And I think that's what people get confused about when you're dating someone or you're thinking about marriage is like, am I going to be losing a part of my identity? And for us, our relationship and our growth and our success, I think has been in really, I don't know, giving each other the space to still be ourselves and not change one another. And like you said, hold one another's hands as we figure shit out. And it's just like, it's, it's just having this partner to really go through life with. And it sounds cheesy, but it, it works when you approach it that way. When you just allow each other to be yourselves 
And sometimes you will find that yourself does not connect with that person anymore. And you will know, like you will know when it doesn't work, but you will also feel deeply in your soul. Like we were always being called back to each other. And that's why it always, I don't know, worked out, you know, the way it did now. I'm not saying like, if your ex is like hitting you up, like it's fate (laughs) or anything, but like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very messy. Relationships are so, so messy. Like I'm never going to get on the mic and say that my relationship, my marriage does not have flaws because that'd be such a fucking lie. Like, I'm not going to say to people that there's a fairy tale out there for them. Cause I don't believe in fairy tales. I'm, I'm such, I'm a, I'm quite a balance between a pessimist and an optimist. I, I think I'm right in between. Um, but I just, I don't believe in fairy tales. I believe in real life. And I believe in allowing people to navigate their life with just honesty. And if things aren't driving, like we'll work through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm reading this book right now and it's like kind of about relationship anxiety. It's so good. Um, it's called marry him, but it's, it talks about a lot of these different kind of cultural beliefs that we have, especially as women being raised to have like a certain level of standard and expectation out of our relationship. And I loved the example you gave about when you were, you know, like feeling really low and he was super successful in his career. Because one of the things the book talks about is how sometimes when you're in a relationship, you both have needs that are not going to be able to be met together. And so you both have opposing needs And so both of you are going to feel unsatisfied and like your needs are not being met. And I think that that is a really important thing because as women, a lot of times we're told like we need to be provided for, we need to have all of our needs met and that just doesn't always happen. So how did you handle that in your relationship and come out the other end? Interesting um, (laughs) question because it's like, it's messy. You have to allow shit to be messy. And I think that's why I can't give like a straightforward, like, this is how he did it. Because honestly, sometimes I think back and I'm like, I don't know how he did it. (laughs) I don't know how we came out of that unscathed and how we came out happier. Because when I think about it, theoretically, shit should not have worked out. Um, I think it all, everything comes back to just being honest and being real with each other. And if you can tell that the person that you're in this relationship with this partnership with is ready to have those tough conversations is willing to work through things isn't going to shy away from problems or like things being really rough um i think that's when you know it's your person like he was never going to give up on me fully i was never going to give up on him fully like there were moments where it was like maybe one foot was out the door and we were like, should we give up? Should we keep going? Right? Like, I think Mm -hmm. everybody, everyone has that conversation in their head. Like, don't even lie. Don't lie. Like, I know it comes up and Mm -hmm. it's really just about like, I don't know, just getting real with each other. Like if you have someone that you're not afraid to do that with, like you'll do it. Mm -hmm. Like there's no questions asked. Like, even if that foot's out the door, you're going to be like, no, fuck no both feet back in, like I'm doing this. And that's, I never was like going to give up on this and he was never going to give up on it either. Um, but yeah, when I think back on it, I'm like, damn, we've been through some shit together. And I'm so thankful for every single horrible thing that we've had to navigate 
because it, we, we are like an indestructible bond now. It's actually psychotic. We are a force to be reckoned with. I keep saying reckoned. It's like, maybe that's my word of the year, but like yeah. we are truly, um, there's something about us. He's a Aries. I'm a cancer. So we are truly also, this is when you said like you find partners that kind of resemble your parents, my dad's an Aries. So I really just like went for what I knew and I got it. It's been, it's been so fun. It's been so hard. It's been so fucking worth it. And I wouldn't change a single thing we've gone through because then we wouldn't be here today. Have you ever heard of the therapist Esther Perel? I have not. She has um, a podcast and she also has like so many other things, but her podcast, she, inter- she like does couples therapy and then she'll pause the therapy session. And then she'll tell you like what she's working on with each client and like why she's approaching things a certain way. And yeah. it's really intense and really insane and cool. And she has a bunch of relationship books and like games and all these things. And one quote that I really like from her, she says, you will have, you'll likely have three marriages in your lifetime. And you're lucky if all three are with the same person, meaning that in your lifetime, you're going to become a different person. Like you're not who you are when you're 15 and you're not who you were when you're 21. And you're probably going to be really different when you're 35 and really different when you're 55 and your partner's going to change too. And you're going to have to get to know who that new person is and figure out like, do I like this new person? How do I like grow to like this new person like how can we reconnect and find ways to like maybe you used to love this thing but you don't anymore so like let's talk about what you now love and like just always staying curious and coming like yeah just keep coming back to each other I was at um lunch with some friends the other day and one of my friends was like you've been in like a long relationship like do you ever get bored and I was like actually i I like the stability. So Jordan, I've talked about this. Jordan likes chaos. So sometimes the stability can feel boring for her. For me, I don't really get bored in that way, but I do notice periods of disconnect and periods where it's like, we're not, we're not hitting it off. Like I'm saying things, you're not listening or I'm not listening or whatever it is. Like we're just clashing a lot. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, when you have those moments, be like, what? what's going on? Like, why are like, let's go to the drawing board. Why are we disconnecting? How do we get back to where we, you know, like hanging out with each other and are having fun? Like, that's the point, right. Is to do life and have fun together. Um, something I struggle with a lot, I was wondering if you do is balancing mental health struggles while you're in a relationship. Like for me, when my mental health, if I get into period of like depression or future tripping or anxiety, a lot of times my brain is like, well, it's a relationship then you should just cut it off because clearly that's causing you problems. And maybe you'd be happier and maybe all your problems would be solved. But I think it's just because it's a constant in my life that my brain thinks I have control over, but it's not, I know my anxiety sounds like different in my brain than like my true self. And I'm like, these thoughts are not what I want, but it is overwhelming. And I'm wondering, do you have a hard time balancing, like I'm going through a hard time. It's not that you're giving me a hard time. Like, how do you navigate that? Yeah, no, that is definitely, um, a hard situation to walk through because nine times out of 10, when I am experiencing like a downdraft in my mental health, it has nothing to do with my relationship. It usually is all me. 
or some like outer circumstance that has nothing to do with my marriage. Um, and I think in moments where I'm not really able to communicate that because I'm just not doing well, he truly knows me like the back of his hand. And I'm really thankful to have a partner that knows me so, so well, sometimes to the point where it's scary. It's like, I'm the same way with him too. Like we will just notice energy shifts in another. And I mean, when you're living in close quarters with someone, you're bound to pick up on those things. And, um, I'm thankful that we have that like kind of nonverbal communication when I'm unable to like talk it out because sometimes like I, I just shut down. And I think we've just, you know, like I said, we've been with each other for so long that you just, you learn how each other like goes through these things and you just learn every single time that it happens, how to be the better partner for them. So he just knows now that when I need a little extra support, like his way to treat me, like we love food. So he'll just like randomly pick up something and he, it'll just bring the biggest smile to my face. And, but we won't speak these things necessarily to each other. Right. We just know it's like this, just like weird knowing. Um, Mm -hmm. and we've just developed that over the past decade, actually December 7th was our 10 years of like being together. Um, like just 10 years though, like, just think of that, like a, a decade, you get to know someone very, very intimately the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, every fucking thing crevice in between, like you're, you're in it and you know it. Um, so yeah, there's never like a question in my mind, like let's break it off because I'm not doing well. It's usually like, let's go harder in our relationship because I know that we can help each other through whatever comes our way. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. So another thing that I think people often get hung up on when they're in relationships at our age is that you, for some reason are unable to go through periods of personal growth and be in a relationship. Like, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, you need to like figure yourself out and then be in a relationship. And obviously you have gone through these immense periods of growth. I mean, high school to now, like, oh my God, you're a completely different human. What is like, I would say your argument to that statement or like your experience in doing that with another person, how has it helped? Or like, I don't know, how have you handled growing as like an individual while being in this big, serious relationship? Yeah, I think it's just a great honor and that's how I kind of approach it. I just feel so thankful that I have gotten to be present for his evolution over the past 10 years. And I, I think that he's really proud to be a part of my progress as well. And I think just, we've always been really excited to be in each other's lives. Like even when things were really, really bad, there was always this, like this, this undercurrent of loving each other. And I think that's always what's kind of propelled us forward. Um, so it's beautiful when you have someone who is so excited to see you grow and kind of gives you the stage to do that. Like he just sets me up, like tees me up perfectly to grow into the next person and just has always like been there. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know why on earth I deserve that. Um, But then I backtrack and I'm like, wait, because I'm doing the same thing for him. Like we are truly the greatest teammates. 
Like if anybody needs to recruit us for any sort of sports <laughs> event, like we'll fucking take <laughs> anyone down. Like, I'm not kidding when I say like, we are so strong together. I am strong because of him. He is strong because of me. And then we both are strong individually. And like, when you, when you have that within yourself and then, you know, you have it within each other, um, like you're always going to be excited to see each other grow and to grow together. And just like, we're just eager to keep doing it together. Cause we've done it now for so long. It's like, Mm -hmm. what can we do next? Like there's this, for me, there's this constant sense in, I don't know, this sense of like wonder, like I get excited about the fact that like in the next 10 years, like, where will we be together? Who will we, will we be together? It's never a question of like, oh, well, who will I be without him? Like, it just like, doesn't process in my brain which is probably weird. I'm like obsessed with him after 10 years. (laughs) No, I don't think it's weird at all. I think that's amazing. I, you said before we started recording that you wouldn't recommend for someone Mm -hmm. to get married at 21. So it's, well, I think things can be true at once. Multiple things can be true at once. It's like, you love him. You're happy. You're happy with what you've done, but also you talk about a lot of past tripping and like did I make the right decisions and all the paths I didn't go down and also saying like I wouldn't get married at 21 I wouldn't recommend getting married young so why yeah so (laughs) um would I change getting married at 21 no because like I can't so I need to just like (laughs) let that go like the decision has been made um when anybody asks me would you recommend it my immediate answer is absolutely not no like if you have the opportunity to just still be boyfriend, girlfriend, and just explore that, do that for as long as you can. And I also just over time have realized that the institution of marriage is kind of a sham. Like it's, it's really truly like when we were in the moment, we actually eloped when we were in the moment and like, we signed the paper, there was kind of this like, huh, that's it. (laughs) That's the marriage. Like that's that's it. Like now we're, we're bonded in the eyes of the law. Interesting. Um, but like, we've always been bonded. So for me, I've just been kind of realizing that like the, the marriage component, like wasn't super necessary for us to, to know that we're committed to each other. But like I said, I wouldn't go back in time and change it because like, it was a beautiful experience. We eloped in Colorado in the middle of a blizzard all by ourselves And it's something I look back on and I'm like, that was fucking cool. And what a beautiful story to tell. Um, But hell no, don't get married at 21. Like you have so much room to just do so many other things. Why are you doing that bitch? Like literally do anything else. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I love that. And it sounds like you two were always so confident in your future together that the timing didn't really matter. Like, like you said, it's like, you don't need to regret getting married at 21, but you also probably didn't need to get married at 21. It wouldn't have changed the outcome. So that's really beautiful. Exactly. And congrats on 10 years. Um, Thank you. We I'll let him know too. wrap up our power hour of chatting with each other. And like we said, we recorded on Gia's podcast, Ambivalent Bitches. So everyone go check out that episode. But Gia, do you want to wrap us up by shouting out where everyone can find you? Of course, because I'm a thirst monster to my core. <laughs> so I want everyone to follow me that listens to this. So I am at ambivalent bitches on Instagram, TikTok. You can listen to ambivalent bitches wherever you stream podcasts. So like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker. I mean, there's a million and one different ones. Wherever you listen, I don't judge. Just listen. Okay. That's all I want. 
Um, I also have a YouTube channel now where I've been posting like video content. So if you want to follow along on or subscribe on YouTube, it's also at ambivalent bitches. And I think that's it. I think that's all I'm at where I'm at now online, but perhaps I'll be in more places as the year, you know, goes on like 2023, nothing's off limits. Maybe I'll be like a fucking gamer next. I'm not writing anything (laughs) off. You can just be a bikini gamer and like make a fuck ton of money. I think (laughs) it's just like, I actually, who did I speak about this with? I was like life on easy mode. I know a lot of people like say like all the boys in the comments are like, Oh, life on easy mode. I'm like, yeah, good for her. Like I'm proud of her. Exactly. (laughs) I know I used to, I think internalized misogyny moment. I was always like, I will never be a stay at home mom. Like I'm so ambitious. I want a career. And I'm like, actually, I would love to be a stay at home mom and just nurture and take care and have a garden and have my babies like that actually sounds amazing. So I'm not hating on that because no, I was the same way. (laughs) I used to hate on that too. I was like, what is she doing with her life? And then I was like, uh, she's raising humans. Like that's probably one of the biggest jobs you can have. So like I should stop being such a dick, which I often am. And I have to put myself in check often. Like we talked about. So yeah, amazing. It was so fun having you on. No, thank yeah, you. This thank has been like so the greatest, much. greatest pleasure. I would come back anytime. Just hit my line. I'm always, I'm always online. Social media is where I live. So, I mean, <laughs>